grit for the day. Lived experience from influencers who overcome with CEO and founder Thomas Lee Johnson. Hovhan Hessenian. Uh, How's it going, man? Doing well, sir. How you been? Hey, life is beautiful. We are you are in a studio. We are recording. Just F FYI, okay? That is great. Excellent, man. I first of all, before I kick off the show, it's good to see you. What have you been up to? Life has been good. You know, I um staying busy with business and work. Uh, been growing a business here over the last couple of years, got acquired last year. Um, Who acquired you? So GCOM, uh, it's a, so it's been great. So Clarion started, I don't know, 10 years ago by a couple of folks, grew their Virginia presence, kind of their footprint in Virginia. And uh, nice. GCOM uh, acquired us back last year. Um, we've, it's been amazing. Like, I think, you know, as I, I'm not envious, but when people say, oh, COVID came, we slowed down. Like we've grown 200% a year over the last three years um, through COVID um, just delivering outcomes for most public sector folks in Virginia. So it's been great. It's been exciting. Alex, Dave, Dave. <laughs> in today's conversation with Alex, we're going to hear how Alex, and I like to call him Alex, <laughs> the annihilator. He's going to tell us how he's been able to annihilate setbacks obstacles excuses and how even in the moments of tragedy in his life he has been able to annihilate anxiety worry and the most powerful setback and distraction of all, fear. Alex has a philosophy of replacing fine with fantastic. And he has replaced fine with fantastic in how he approaches setbacks, distractions, fear, opportunities, people. It is not just fine. It is fantastic. He will overcome. He will annihilate anything that stands in his way. Join us for this marvelous conversation, this life-changing conversation with this magnificent human being, Alex. Grit for the day. Uh, I am going to greet this gentleman uh, and welcome him to our show. Uh, I knew him when we both worked at Capital One. Uh, God knows. How was that? 11 years ago? 12 years ago? <laughs> uh, and he is an entrepreneur par excellence uh, and uh, has been acquired, uh, has gone on to do magnificent things. Uh, Alex has a track record of turning obstacles into stepping stones. Uh, he faces each day challenge and opportunity with a contagious optimism and spends time driving outcomes for everyone around him. And I can attest that is true. Alex, welcome to Grit for the Day. TJ, thanks for having me and kudos to you on your continued success and track record of 
delivering day in and day out. I look back at our years at Capital One uh, in the trenches, growing and delivering on two of the CEOs, like significant boulders, uh, and doing that in a way that no one had ever done before across Capital One. So kudos right. to you on your continued success. And it's a pleasure to be here in your presence today as well. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much. I, I was just thinking when you were talking about that, I was like, that's that was Carl Worwath and uh, what was it? The crazy train? Yeah, that's right. It was the crazy train. That was a, the largest release train, I think, uh, in history was uh, assembled. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a big one, man. It was 400, a big I think 400 plus people across the country <laughs> yeah. delivering one mission, which was exciting. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, uh, when we talk about, you know, Alex, you and your your early career uh, and even, even if we wind the clock back <clears throat> to even early life, um, what was it about, you know, your early life that make you that made you think of titling your story, breaking the rules and being successful, uh, driving prosperity uh, through the pits of life? Yeah, that's a great question, TJ. I think. Uh, you know, if, if you look back, if I look back at my life, um, for those that watched my Big Fat Greek Wedding, the movie from a few years back, um, if you change Greek to Armenian, uh, that was my life. So uh, my Big Fat Armenian Wedding was how I grew up. So I grew up in a multi-generational household um, with my grandmother not speaking English, so having to speak Armenian uh, in my early years to be able to communicate. Um, a phenomenal childhood uh growing up in a small town in New Jersey, going to Armenian school, you know, church, and, and just, just this community around us of aunts and uncles and just an amazing amount of uh, uh, familial uh, ecosystem. Um, my father passed away uh, unexpectedly when I was about four and a half. Um, and I think I had to live or learn to grow up more quickly than others. And I think that if I look at individuals around me, those who have dealt with adversity, challenge, and change early in their lives, um, I think have a not better, but unique ability to continue doing that throughout their careers. And I think I was exposed to things early on in my life that many children probably weren't. I was uh, driven to do things and to contribute in ways that probably many kids my age probably weren't asked to do. Um, and I seriously wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, I, people look back and say, oh, I'm sorry about that. I said, but at the same time, I grew in ways that I never thought I could or would. Right. Um, I was pushed to do things that I probably would never do um, in a traditional uh, family. Yeah. Um, and I grew up quickly um, and learned to run and walk uh, both literally and figuratively uh, on my own uh, mm. with a great mother role model along the way. Wow, that's awesome. I'm going to hold up a picture here. This is a picture of your pre-K graduation yep. <laughs> what what is the story behind this picture <clears throat> yeah so there's a, probably a lot behind this but i was a uh, very fortunate to go to tina harris uh pre-k uh, up in new jersey and it was just a house right it was a lady in the house and she did this pre-k program um but i think even back looking that far back in my past um, milestones were critical for me, right? So what is the milestone? What is the next step? And how do you move forward in life? Um, and I remember that graduation vividly. I mean, it was on a dirt backyard with some small chairs, but we all had graduation gowns, or you can see it in the picture, caps and gowns. 
Oh, wow. um, How old are you here? Four, sorry? five. Oh my gosh, four, four. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, capping down at four. Capping down at four and moving to the next phase. And we had, you know, things we had to say about what we learned and what we were going to go do in life. And uh, you know, sadly, there weren't video cameras around as much in you know the, the late seventies. Um, but I mean, it was just a, I still remember that today about having a goal, setting a goal, and then not being happy with just that goal. But to find the goal moving forward as well, what we want to do next beyond Tina Harris School. So, uh, yes, it's a fun picture. I had more hair back then as well. I think uh, <laughs> that's where all topic. the hair was. Yeah, there, that's where it went. So, uh, but no, a good time. But I think early in life, setting setting goals has always been something that's been ingrained in me from you know both parents when they were alive through my uh, you know early childhood in pre K, including. Uh, to really just set the goal, achieve it, and then define your next goal along the way as well. Mm, mm. You know, if we think about what happens when uh, when a parent passes, especially early in life, I myself was raised in, a, in the foster system, uh, in the, like the D.C. public foster system. So I do know something about uh, just kind of growing up without parents for a bit before I was adopted at five. Um, there's something that happens um, psychologically about connection. Yep. And when we think about grit, there has to be uh, some level of emotional health because you are persisting and persevering despite obstacles. Right. What is it about you and your upbringing and your mentality that gave you the perseverance and the emotional health to be able to persist? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, TJ. I think, um, again, I go back to some of my role models. Again, my mother was a, a amazing individual in my life. Um, you know, father passed away. Um, she played multiple roles in my life, right? Had to be mother, father, friend, cheerleader, coach, um, advocate, corrector, you name it. Um, I also look at my grandparents. We lived in, I said, like I mentioned, we, we moved to Richmond. Um, her parents moved in with us. And again, a multi-generational household, the values that I was learning from the my grandparents, my grandfather, my grandmother, are values that I would have never gotten. Not that negatively from my mom, but just a different generation of values, a different set of, of doctrines, um, moral compass um, and a drive to see where they came from, right? Being immigrants, having nothing in their pockets when they came to the country. Right. And to watch what they did with themselves, to watch their perseverance, um, I think was just amazing. Um, and to your point, I think to your emotional point, I think folks that have lost something, you know, I didn't, I only had a spare, right? So if I look at parents, right? I, mean, I was still blessed and fortunate, right? I had a mom, right? They're right. Not, to your point, there are lots of people that have less than I do or had less than I do, um, but it was a constant reminder of how fragile life was, right? One change, one, you know, one snap of your fingers and your life is very different. No matter what trajectory you're on, anything can change in a matter of a second. And I remember even that as a child saying, you know, nothing's granted, nothing's guaranteed to you. And so you've got to make sure you create the destination you want along the way um, because there's never a guarantee of anything in life. And so I think that was critical in my upbringing, uh, critical in kind of my grab all the brass rings along the way mentality that I've maintained. 
Right. Um, but also a bit, you know, centering as, as a young child as well to say, hey, nothing's guaranteed. You got to go after everything and give it a 110% to make sure you get what you need. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, when we, when you use the, the term values and you, you talked about your, your grandparents, uh, what were your grandparents' names? Uh, George and Osney were my mom's parents. Yep. George and Osney. Yep. Now, obviously, they were your, your mom's parents. So you're the grandson. Did you yep. have brothers and sisters? I had one brother, yes. Yep. Okay. Older or younger? Older. Okay. So you were the baby of the house. <laughs> Did you get treated like the baby or? Yeah, you know, I think not to differentiate. Uh, I think children are, you can have two children raised in the same family and they turn out very differently. Um, my brother turned out good looking, fun. No, I'm joking. Uh, but um, no, I think uh, I was much more, I think, focused on family um, growing up. Yeah. Um, I think that also probably lent to either more attention or different attention from my grandparents. Um, but yeah, my, my grandfather was, I'd say, my played father role, best friend role, mentor. Mm. Um, all joking aside, I think he taught me how to drive when I was 13, 12 or 13. We'd go driving through the neighborhood. Sorry for the folks who used to live in that neighborhood. But yeah, there, there was an amazing relationship I had with my grandfather, going to Sunday school every Sunday with him, uh, you know, doing the social circuit with him as he visited some of his friends in the community uh, that are were life-changing. I think that were transformational in more ways than I can explain. Mm. Um, the energy that he put into that relationship, I, I hope was mutual, the energy we both put in that relationship. Um, but... Uh, it was just a, an unbelievable relationship that has uh, probably turned me into the person I am. There's no question about that. Wow. So it was what, what business was George in? Yeah, so uh, he came to this country. Um, his father started a restaurant business. He took over that restaurant business. Uh, he played music on the radio shows as they traveled around the country and here in Richmond. So he played violin. Mm-hmm. Um, and was very involved here in the community. I think he uh, was one of the groundbreakers for the Armenian church here in Richmond. Mm. Um, but just super involved in the community, super involved in his Sunday school and his church activities, yeah. um, and maintained a, a restaurant here in downtown Richmond. Funny short story, actually. The same block that my office was in, literally pre-pandemic, was exactly where his restaurant stood on Main Street here in Richmond. I mean, wow. literally within five yards of his restaurant was where we called our uh, office home. Uh, you could not make that up, but uh, a kind of a kind of <laughs> moment. Um, but it was amazing to watch. I mean, I think uh, his relationships here in Richmond that he developed through that, uh, whether it be through the people that walked through the doors, or the people he served um, were awesome to watch and, and learn from as well in terms of growing social capital and doing for the community what you should be doing. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny, you know, <clears throat> Wall Street and 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 other dimensions of our uh, our culture and enterprise use the term, you know, uh, ESG, environmental, social governance, um, and throw it around like it's something new when it's just, you know, business leaders like your grandfather uh, knew how to invest social capital, as you said, uh, in the community. Uh, because the, you serve the community that you're a part of. That's just what you do. It's both expected and demonstrated and done. 
why do we have to put, I mean, I guess nowadays there's a reason, but nowadays you put a label on it and we think it's something fresh and you know, your grandfather's just sitting there like, yeah, right. <laughs> Did this for decades. <laughs> I think that's probably true of many things. If you look at, you know, the terms we come up with now that are just reincarnations of things that are, fathers, grandfathers, great-grandfathers have done. Um, I think it's the, the shiny object of the day. Things are going to come back into uh, you know, popularity. Um, but that's why I, I loved the multi-generational household. And I, people are like, ah, oh, that must have been challenging. I mean, I would have had it no other way. The things I learned are you know, very different generation by generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and to your point, the pendulum always swings, right? The pendulum is going to swing back and forth and things that were very important five, 10, 50 years ago, while may have fallen out of importance, are gonna come back. I mean, I think COVID taught us that, right? COVID taught yeah. us the importance of family, the importance of health, yes. the importance of living in the moment. I mean, we are, both of us are very fortunate to be sitting here today. There are many people that are listening to this podcast, uh, including ourselves, that have lost someone very close, have had someone impacted by COVID, exactly. and have not had that second chance to say, oh gosh, Right. Uh, so I think COVID actually brought us back to reality in a lot of ways in, in terms of, you know, we are not indestructible people. We are not, uh, you know, fail safe. Uh, the, yeah. the, the ecosystem around us is not foolproof. And Precisely. I think that all that, that probably was a great and sad reminder at the same time yeah. as we navigated COVID of how fragile we are, both as individuals and as community as well, and that we had yeah. to actually work together to all move forward. Excellent. Well said. Well, you you were you grew up around a restaurant. Uh, was it Armenian? What was the cuisine? Yeah, no, it was just American back in the day. No, it was not okay. Armenian. He thought, he, he thought he'd do better with just uh, serving the people and serving the community what they wanted. Gotcha, gotcha. So you grew up around a, an American restaurant. Did you ever serve in the restaurant? No, he had retired when when he moved in with us. He had uh, kind of hung up his uh, his chef's cap um, prior to moving in with us. But it was still you know he still cooked all the meals. I mean, I still learned from him. Okay. Daily about his restaurant and about, you know, life lessons along the way. Nice. Nice. So you went to college. Yep. What, what, uh, what got you into the line of work that you have blossomed in? That's a great question. Um, I think, uh, if I look back at my college years, uh, fortunate to go to James Madison university, uh, go Dukes. Um, but I can't say enough about my college experience. Um, Again, I continued to grab every brass ring I could possibly get into, uh, try to get involved as much as possible. Same feeling, right? You give back to the community. You want to do those things. Um, And I remember vividly, I think, a a pivot point for me at JMU. uh, I was my, I think, freshman year, second semester, and something happened on campus. I think the physics department had been, like, abolished or transitioned, and faculty were up in arms, and there was this whole hoopla and a, a very, my best friend at the time, Sean McRae, still my best friend, um, he and I were like, well, let's go ask the president what's going on. Like, we hear all this, like, rumbling. We hear all the people that are upset. But let's, like, get it straight from the horse's mouth ourselves. So we literally walked after class one day to the president's office um, up the stairs in Wilson Hall, opened this big wooden door. It's like, Rrr. I mean, you can, like, literally, like, this big, like, Rrr, door. <laughs> Um, and you know, never met the president before. His admin was like, "Yes, can I help you?" And we're like, yep, we'd like to see Dr. Carrier. She's like, "Do you have an appointment?" We're like, "Absolutely not. We're just here to understand more about this physics thing." 
She said, well, have a seat. She goes back. And I think we spent the next two plus hours with Dr. Carrier one-on-one, him explaining where we were, where we needed to be as a university, some of the thoughts and background behind the decision. And I will say that was a pivot point, both for me as an individual um, and, and for years to come, I think Dr. Carrier became a mentor, a friend, an advisor. And again, that didn't take any part of this time, right? He made a decision to answer the door of two folks that were underclassmen in a university that had no appointment and spent two hours investing in us to explain, you know, what the decision was and how he got there. Wow. Dr. Carrier continued to be a mentor beyond my college years um, and was a phenomenal leader, both at JMU, but also personally to me in, in my continued journey to become the best that I could be. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that came from, again, my best friend and I just saying, hey, let's go, get, let's go ask the president what's going on and get more information on our own. So I think, again, if you talk about grit for the day, you know, defining your destiny, defining what you need and taking action. I think we all could sit around and we see this, I think, more and more in politics. Right. Everything is doom and gloom. Everything is falling apart. Yeah. Unless we take an active role and do something about it, we're all going to say, oh, everything is horrible around us and not engage. I think engaging in that solution is step one into demonstrating you've got grit, demonstrating a movement forward and hopefully making this place a better place than it was when we got here first. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you and and your best friend had, you know, had temerity. You demonstrated bias for action and temerity. And that's impressive. That's that's, you know, that's not a typical 19 year old, 20 year old thing, you know. Uh, So kudos to you for that. Fair. It could have have ended poorly as well. It could have ended with a he's got no time. And right. You know what? That's. (laughs) what many probably college presidents would have done at the time. But I think it was a, a huge investment, an investment that paid off and uh, a risk that also we took to walk up there and worst case scenario, right? I mean, I also live by this one. What's the worst thing can happen? At the end of the day, all we would have said is, no, I can't meet with you or, hey, come back at a different time. Um, so, you know, taking calculated risk, I think, has also helped me get to where I am and help, will help others get there as well. That's great. You know, after Capital One, you went to Accenture. What was that like? That what was that transition like to go from financial services, your leadership position at Capital One? Yep. Very good job. I personally can say uh, you are you are a phenomenal leader, Alex. Well, and I'm sure you could have stayed at Capital One and made it a successful career. What made you leave a successful perch as a director at Capital One? Yeah, it's a great question. So I I. I'll call myself a boomerang at Accenture. So I started my career at Accenture out of JMU. Yeah. I spent 11 years there. And we'll tell you, there's some life-changing moments within Accenture for me. And I've been blessed with some amazing leaders and partners along the way. Um, My experience at Accenture was, I mean, heads and shoulders above anything I could have expected. Um, Being placed in front of CEOs two years out of school. I mean, just amazing amount of empowerment, um, autonomy, um, leadership that was demonstrated by, by some great leaders around me. Um, I left Accenture after 11 years because of my decision not to travel. I mean, I traveled a lot early in my career and for that phase and time in my life, it was super exciting. Um, 
went to Capital One. Um, there was an opening back at Accenture here in Richmond. Uh, so Richmond was home for me uh, without travel. And so at the end of the day, uh, while I love my Capital One experience, um, I also thrive on diversity of activity and kind of uh, a new challenge every single day and, and something different. Um, and that's probably why I stayed in the consulting field as long as I have. I think no two days are the same. Every 30 minutes, there's something different that I'm focused on and helping out with. And uh, it's been amazing to, to be exposed to that. So I think the allure of that took me back to Accenture, um, enjoyed my time at Accenture kind of growing and, and working in Virginia and working through the Richmond area. Right. Uh, but then again, if if and when travel ticks back up, my my 10 toes test says, hey, uh, probably not the perfect place for me. Yeah. Um, and so is, is I'm sorry, 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 sorry to interrupt. Yeah. What made travel lose its salience? Was oh, it sure. wife, yeah, family? community yep. like what was it that you said okay look enough yeah I, I think life family you name it i think uh and i was in a unique place at a time so there was weeks that i was not in a different city every week but a different city every day right so i'd start in new york on monday or tuesday go out to milwaukee so there's many times where it wasn't like just travel for a week and unpack and stay somewhere um and at that again stage in my life it was super exciting um but I think you're nothing negative. But I will say that as I got to be, uh, as I matured in my own life, married with children now, I think one challenge of traveling is, you know, watching your kids grow up on a video camera, getting sent the video of your child's first steps. And I never ever wanted that for myself, my wife or my family. Um, and so I've made a very, probably hard line decision. I mean, I think people talk about this, like, you know, would you consider traveling? Would you consider 10%, 20%? In reality, there's no really 20% travel because 20 becomes 40, 40 becomes 50. You're traveling the day before, you're traveling the next day. Um, and so I've made a very conscious decision not to travel, um, not only for myself, but for my wife and my kids. And I have no regrets about that. I mean, I will say that I, my children will remember me being at every one of their events. There won't be a flying on Saturday, try to make it normal on Saturday and Sunday and fly right back out, which a lot of my colleagues do every single day. Not saying that is not right. That's just not for me. Right. Um, and every, it works for different people. Uh, right. But for me, I wanted to be the best father, the best husband uh, possible. Part of that probably is coming from losing my father early on, yeah. um, but really wanted to make sure that I didn't leave anything on the table for my family was there for my kids and my wife and made memories each and every day and tried to create a balanced life along the way. Alex, why is it so important for your personal story to be present with your children and present with your wife? Yeah. Why is that so important? Yeah, you know, I think, and I'm not a walking billboard of this. And I think if, you know, my wife were sitting right next to me, I think that she's been a phenomenal, phenomenal counselor, advocate, voice, supporter kind of nudger along the way um you know it's hard to draw a line between family and business right i mean the, the more success you get in business the more it feeds you and you feed it and the more that's expected of you um, i've joked i never wanted to be a c-level person because at the c-level 
Um, more is expected of you than I'm probably willing to give. Yeah. Um, you know, I've worked 50, 60 hours a week over the last multiple years, um, growing businesses and, and growing people around me. Right. Um, but at the same time, I want to make sure that I'm there for my family. You, know, you, only, you only live once. Your kids grow up once. And your legacy, right or wrong, not to be negative, but your legacy is not going to be in the company that you work at. Your legacy is going to be in the memories that you create in your children. That's right. And, and the legacy you leave behind is going to be a generation of stories that, about being there and being present for your kids or being at the t-ball game or the gymnastics practice, right? Um, being at the school for their performance. Um, nothing negative about work, but... You know, I guarantee you, no matter how good I am 10 years from now, the people that work around me are not telling stories about, you know, Alex D. Maybe they are, but maybe they're uh, fun stories and not uh, <laughs> stories that are going to be enduring um, and change lives. So it's a personal yeah. decision. Again, I'm not at all against or, or don't want to pass judgment on folks who travel every single day. That, that definitely works for people. And yeah, you probably climb the corporate ladder faster, um, but it's definitely a decision I made early. Uh, and I have no regrets about that and, and won't change that going forward as well. That won't be a, right. Uh, that's a non-starter for me as I, I look forward as well. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, I'm going to say this, it's an assertion. You can tell me I'm wrong, but growing up in a multi-generational house, having lost your father at four, having that marvelous example of George, your grandfather, who was present for you and invested in you, and you reap the rewards of that, you want to replicate that positive pattern in the children that you and your wife have now. Uh, and, and that's why that's a priority over climbing faster, ascending higher. Um, is that, is that, is yeah, that? TJ, that's why, I mean, I, I, I think that's why you continue to be successful in what you do. I think you nailed it on the head, right? So um, it's not just, it's pay it forward, right? It's it's take what you've gotten or received and pay it forward in an exponential factor and make sure that it continues along the way. And so I, you are spot on. I think uh, I was fortunate to have that experience and would love to replicate that um, for my kids at an even greater level, at a step level above, right? So not take that, add more to it uh, so that that continues along the way. So I know you're, you're spot on. Oh man, that's awesome! Listen, I'm also a father of I'm a father of young children. I think my children are younger than yours. So, like after this is over, I'm just going to call you. We're just going to talk fatherhood, okay? Uh, I got to tell you, and, and you know, my, I tell Abby and Harper, my two amazing kids, every single day. Like I learn more from them than they learn from me. Like I learn from them every single day. And as fathers, we actually need to remember that. Like we are learning along the way. There's not a book. There's lots of books, but there's not a you know, one size fits all to parenting. Right. Um, we need to pivot along the way and we probably uh, need to approach each kid differently, as we all know. Yeah. Um, and be ready to say, you know what, that didn't work. And we got to try something different because I think, you know, we get very set in our ways within our business world about, OK, this is how you go from A to B to C. And uh, as you and I both know, parenting is not always that easy. And it's been a amazing journey. Again, I'm very blessed with an amazing wife that is um teaches me and, and, and as a partner beyond belief. Mm. Um, but yeah, I learn more from my wife and children every single day. And uh, if I can continue learning, that's going to make it better for me and better for them as well. Awesome. Awesome. You have known some adversity, both um, personal health uh, as well as the health of your family. Uh, 
Um, talk about just some of the, the the concerns around health that you've experienced and your family's experience, and how that impacted you and sure. growing businesses. Yeah, um, I think if I not to go too far back, right? So I, I watched my grandmother, who lived with us at the time, pass away from lung cancer. Fast forward, you know, I watched my father pass away first, my grandmother. Um, fast forward to 2018, and we, you know, we call this like the pit, you know, and we use this term my wife and I a lot. Um, but there are many things that happened in 2018 that any one of them, I think, are, you know, make or break moments in a person's life or in a couple's lives. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, we were handed a, a, a significant amount of, of challenge in 2018. Um, well, I think, uh, you know, I had a few medical procedures that, you know, had me not lifting more than five pounds for 30 to 40 days, pretty mm. hard to do with young kids. Mm. Um, we moved three different times in 2018. So we decided to put our house in the market, uh, moved into a town home, um, Few days before the house hit the market, um, kitchen flooded when our housekeeper was there cleaning the kitchen. Um, oh my! You goodness. can't make this up. I mean, there, you know, we got into a house which was great. Um, very fortunate in the house we were able to um, get into. Uh, two days after the night we moved in, the second night we moved in, my sister-in-law called saying my brother was going to the emergency room, uh, and in the Days following, he lost his battle with cancer oh for 10 years. Um, fast forward a month later, our youngest was just off um, and then spent gosh, 30 plus days in the pediatric ICU here at VCU. Oh, my goodness. Had three neurosurgeries. The last, they kind of removed his skull to make room for his brain to grow. Uh, both our cars got totaled or hit at this different times, but we're in the same shop together. Um, and so again, I, I say these things to say that, you know, you know, everyone says, you know, we're all in the same boat, you know, we may be in the same storm, things may be happening to us, but all of our boats are different. And so I think what that has taught me along the way, especially in the business world is everyone's dealing with something beyond business. Right. You know, during COVID, I think we all witnessed this, right? Everyone had their own challenges. Um, and I think it created some additional empathy for me. It created some more, um, say, awareness of how fragile things were. We talked about that earlier, right? How fragile life is. It's the yeah. reinforcement about, you know, things beyond your control, things that are going to happen to all of us, regardless right. of what we do or prepare for. Yeah. Um, and it's how we react to that. Right. And I, I will tell you, we got through that. Um, my wife, again, was an amazing supporter, leader. Uh, she is much more wired for multiple adversities, I think, than myself. Mm. It was a just a great partnership, challenging partnership, challenging along the way. Um, but to your question on business, I think this is a reminder that as you go through business, um, I talk about the E quotient a lot. Right. I think the the e-skills are missing a lot in our technology and our IT focus. You know, what are the emotional skills that we bring to the table? 
I think those are differentiators beyond belief, right? Absolutely. Being able to connect with someone, understanding their story beyond work, understanding yes. what makes them tick, understanding their challenges are things yes. we don't invest in typically. Yes. I think that those who invest in that yes. will see exponential difference. Um, and again, getting through that pit, I think reinforced in me, um, you know, things within your control, things outside of your control, Asking for help, something I don't do very well. I mean, I've never been one to ask for help. I've always been one to say, I've got this and we can do it. Right. Um, but making sure you ask for help along the way because there are people that are ready, willing, and able to help. Yeah. Um, you know, and then drawing the line for yourself, right? And we've talked about this a little bit. No one's going to draw the line for you, right? So you, you got to know where to draw the line between work and life and when to yeah. say when and, and when to draw the line for yourself and your family. Um, so, making sure you know what that line is that line can change in an instant and making sure you can adjust that line accordingly and you surround yourself in an ecosystem that allows that right so i'm very fortunate at clarion and gcom um, to have some amazing leaders that uh, support a balance of life and work support flexibility support yeah. you know investment in your personal goals and your you know personal challenges and so i, I can't say enough about you know coming out of it greater than I started. We're, we're in a super better place now mm -hmm. um, and learning along the way. So I think that's a very long answer to your question, but uh, you know, I could talk for days or hours about the pit in 2018, um, but we are better for it. I think it was a challenge, uh, not one that any of us wanted to take on. Right. Any one of those things, uh, but collectively uh, a significant challenge for us, um, but one that I think we've grown from and continue to grow from yeah. And I think that has continued to shape the way we treat each day and each other as well. Alex, you know, we use the term adversity and usually that is a, a single event. Uh, 2018 for you was a tsunami oh. of adversity. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so, you know, the tools that you described you know, were relation the, the relationship, the relational ecosystem with your wife and your kids and your extended family and friends, yep. and your awareness that there has to be a boundary between your family and your emotional health and what you do every day. You know, for business, yep. you 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 had to make a demarcation just to preserve. Uh, the piece of yourself yeah. uh, that was under, you know, under the, enduring that that adversity. Mm -hmm. um, my goodness, um, that takes you know not just self awareness, but like awareness of um, you know the health of your wife and your and your extended family. Uh, and then if, it sounds like you were a, a champion to protect them as well. Like there's, I hear protector as I hear you describe. You know, just making a, a line, drawing demarcation um, so that they are able to endure as well. Yeah, humbly, I think uh, I appreciate that. I think my wife was a larger protector of the ecosystem. Um, you know, I tried to maintain balance with life and work and growing a business and focus on family. Um, she was in the hospital every single day with our youngest throughout everything. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, again, I think it's, you know, if we learn anything from that, just keep moving, right? It's very easy to get stuck. It's very in work. 
or in life, right? You talk about grit. You know, right. I think a lot of us are stuck in analysis paralysis. What's the yeah. perfect decision? What do we have to exactly do? I think yeah. the thing we learn more often, especially through 2018, was just keep moving, right? Just keep, yeah. keep moving in the direction we want to move. It may not be at the pace we want to move at. It may not be the exact destination we want to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, don't allow yourself or ourselves to get stuck in a mundane, rote kind of cycle. Um, and we all do it, right? We all get stuck in this, okay, well, this is life and this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but keep moving in the direction you want to move in. Um, and at least you're closer to your destination. You may not be to your destination, but you're at least closer than you were the day before. Yeah. Um, and I give a lot, my wife a lot of props for helping us all move in that direction and maintain that focus. Um, and allow for us to uh, weather that storm. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Um, You know, Alex, this has been a phenomenal conversation. Um, Thank you for uh, being willing to be so open uh, about uh, the pit. (laughs) (laughs) And just, I'm sure everyone's going to want to know, how's your little one doing now? Fantastic. He is flourishing. Uh, and again, for those that have chronically ill children, we, we left the hospital with a healthy child, right? The person on our left and the person on our right weren't that lucky, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, we got to keep everything in perspective. I, I, I will, you know, do we have a guarantee going forward? Absolutely not. But none of us do. But I mean, it's a new normal for us. I mean, we've, yeah. we've got to monitor a few things and life will be a bit different. And, you know, there'll be a you know, red flags and yellow flags we'll have to keep an eye out for. But for right now, he is absolutely amazing, flourishing, loving life, doing, you know, junior ninja stuff and, and just just being a, a great, great Your son is taking ninjutsu. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, a great, uh, he had his birthday party uh, with his friends uh, this weekend at the uh, ninja course. And uh, Amazing. It's been awesome. So, yeah, we are very fortunate. <laughs> um, the team at VCU life-changing i mean i for those in richmond or around uh the children's hospital here in, in richmond at bcu is just unbelievable um but yeah just flourishing i mean i can't say enough i can't say enough about him uh you know again a huge thanks to gcom and clarion for their support mm-hmm. along the way um you, know, you talk about delivering you know i think another thing i think has been interesting is you know if you bring this back to work it's I'm in a very unique place right now that you know, all we do is deliver outcomes, right? So if a client comes to me and says, hey, I want to do this, saying no is okay. Like if it, unless there's an outcome, like show me the outcome, let's talk about the outcome it delivers. Like I think it's also made me think more around like what are the outcomes I'm delivering every single day and what am I doing to move the needle every single day? Yeah. Um, and that's been exciting both in my personal life and at work through GCOM to really make sure that we are delivering each and every single day for our clients, delivering an outcome, moving the needle and making it better for about our clients, our customers and the constituents along the way as well. Marvelous. Marvelous. Thank you for joining us on Grit for the Day podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Lee, TJ Johnson. It has been a delight to spend time with you today. Grit for the Day lived experience from influencers who overcome with CEO and founder Thomas Lee Johnson.